0: Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you. Okay, I tried to trick you with that title. I haven't really solved the problem of evil. I have a system on that that I accept, but it doesn't answer every question. No system does. No matter what your theological position, the bottom line is that we just have to trust God. But stick with me, and you'll find out what I mean. I really didn't lie. Now, this talk is directed at committed Christians. Of course, if you happen to be listening and have never committed your life to Christ, I hope that you will call out to him. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins and to give you that free gift of eternal life that he won for us by dying on the cross 2,000 years ago. Back to the problem of evil. If you happen to be one of those rare individuals who doesn't sit around every day pondering intractable theological problems. Let me break this down for you quickly. The problem of evil is the problem of explaining how God can be good, can be all-powerful, and yet he sits by watching all the horrible things that happen in this broken world. I'm not going to solve that problem for you, and even if I told you what I think about it, you may not agree with me, so what good would it do? But here's what I really want to talk about. Although we can't adequ- adequately solve this problem, God has solved it. He has not solved the apparent contradiction we talk about when discussing this subject, but he has nevertheless solved the problem. Let's look for a minute at how the problem of evil began. Before I start, I'll just point out That you'll find precious little mention of the so called problem of evil in the early church writers. They knew there was evil in the world, and instead of trying to explain it, they felt it was their job to oppose it, which they did with the fearless proclamation of the gospel. In the beginning, God created everything good, evil came into the world through Satan's temptation of Adam and Eve, and the rest is terrible, sad history. You don't need to consult secular sources. Just look at the Old Testament. It's one of the bloodiest and most violent accounts you could ever read. Modern times are not much better. Just study the 20th century. But God doesn't give up easily, and he didn't give up on his good creation. He had a plan to rescue it. That plan was to send his one and only son into the world to become a human being, to suffer as we suffer, and finally, to die an atoning death on the cross of Calvary. In a way that we humans can't explain, Jesus absorbed the evil of the world in his own self, in his soul, and his body, and he broke its power. He rose from the dead on the third day, triumphing over sin and death and hell problem of evil solved. But of course, there's a catch. Not everybody knows the problem of evil has been solved, or just as bad they don't understand what God did through Jesus Christ. So for most people, sadly, including many Christians, the problem of evil endures. What's the answer? You are. Our job is to tell the world that God has acted in response to the utter brokenness of creation. There's a word that we use a lot in church, a word that is in reality a kind of shorthand for the totality of the message we have for this troubled world. That word is gospel. As I'm sure you know, the word gospel means good news. Everybody likes good news, especially nowadays when all we seem to hear is bad news. The good news is that God has acted in Christ. As I just detailed a minute ago, it is our job as Christians to tell everybody the good news. It is our job to let people know that God has done something about the evil in the world. Now that he has done his work, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. They won't be saved from ever experiencing evil in this world, but they will have a hope that someday it will be over and everything will be perfect. Things have happened to me in my life that I don't understand, but I know that when this life is over, there will be waiting for me a perfect existence that will last always, world without end, as the old creed said. I'm so glad I know this, but most people don't. How can they hear? Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him? of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? How can people hear the good news unless somebody preaches it to them? Now, you might be thinking, Dan, you're a preacher. You do these talks, but I'm not a preacher. Actually, my friend, you are. You may not stand up before a congregation and preach, but you still preach. In the early church there in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 8, we read about the first real wave of harsh persecution. The Bible says that the Christians were scattered everywhere throughout Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Those were the preachers who stood up in front of the church. But look what it says about everybody else. Those who weren't professional preachers. Acts 8.4 Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. They were all preachers. That doesn't mean they all stood in front of big crowds. You can preach the gospel to just one person. And in the middle of all that persecution, the church expanded, the church grew. Many people heard the gospel because all the Christians were proclaiming it. Now, you might say, I'm not good with words. I can't explain the Bible to people. But you can let your life do the preaching. You can share God's love with those around you, especially those that aren't very lovable. You can help those in need, those who can't help themselves. And in this way, you will be preaching the gospel. My good friend, if you know Jesus Christ, if he has changed your life and given you hope, if he has forgiven your sins, then just know that there are people all around you who don't know him, whose lives are still a mess, who bear the guilt of their sins. You have the message they need. If the church would begin to be the church, we could see this world changed. The power to change this world is not in human agency. It's not in politics. It's not in people. The power to change this world is wrapped up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul knew this. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The answer to the problem of evil is the righteousness of God. That righteousness was demonstrated for all time in the cross of Christ. Go forth as Jesus commanded. Preach the word. Change the world. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those listening to my voice today that you would Just energize them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit and power that they might go forth with this gospel message that the world needs so desperately that their lives would shine with the goodness and the love of Christ. And as they have opportunity, they would share verbally the gospel of Jesus with their family, with their friends, with those they encounter. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. My good friend, there's a way in which... You can, through prayer, can be a part of spreading the gospel. You could pray for us. We are seeking to uh, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in the area of Schenectady, New York. And we have uh, begun to plant this church with God's help called Bread of Life Anglican Church. So would you pray for us? Would you pray that God would give us more opportunity to share the gospel with people, to share the love of Christ with people, to serve other people? And uh, if you happen to be in the area, if you don't have a church home, we meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. That's the American Legion Hall on Union Street at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Please remember us in your prayers. As always, you can reach me by email at jones at outlook.com. God bless you.